0: um before we get you on before we start and then before we're on record i need you to tell me who is your favorite exhibitor at world dairy expo
1: am i talking cows or or uh trade show
0: you're supposed to say master's choice <laughs> i know podcast audience as promised we are here with katie schmidt katie welcome to the podcast
1: thanks for having me andrew it's great to be here with you
0: so before we get going your official title is media
1: media relations specialist
0: well that's that's a mouthful
1: it is it is but uh you know what we got to roll with
0: so before we get into the fun stuff, we'll go backstory. And our backstory, we go back several years. And I would say that of all the trade shows and of all the industry things, like you're one of the few people that I would consider a friend. So I'm thank you, my friend, for coming on the podcast.
1: Well, right back at you. We love working with with your team at Master's Choice um, to make those blogs every year at Expo and and working with you in the off season to actually create our theme art for yeah. this. Well, now 2021 <laughs> show. <laughs> Um, not 2020 anymore. Um, We're but the first
0: people yeah. that have created artwork for the show that get to get to run it for two years. Uh,
1: yeah, well, <laughs> right. For, at least in recent years, like this is great.
0: Um, so Katie, what is before we get into the show, what's your background and you know, maybe specifically how it relates to agriculture or the farm, you know, what led you from childhood to now being in the, the dairy industry?
1: So I was raised on my family's dairy farm in central Minnesota, which is about an hour and 45 minutes north and a little west of the Twin Cities, actually. Um, so my folks still dairy farm up there. Um, like most kids who grew up in agriculture, I was involved in the youth organizations like 4-H and Minnesota nice. Dairy Holstein Association. Um, so I've been showing cows my entire life. I um, started when I was about three, actually. Uh, I
0: Did you ever show at Dairy Expo?
1: Uh, i did but not my own i got lucky and had yeah. a friend who let me strap an animal for the day uh, my brothers two of them have shown on the colored shavings but i never got to make the trip out here with my own animals
0: that's that's a nice tie-in though the family had some some you know livestock that walked the shavings that's cool
1: it is it is and i made my first trip to expo uh, in 2006 with my family so it was a, a family trip like it is for so many people yeah uh, so there's there's history there for me um, personally growing up. Um, yeah, I, I went to school in Minnesota at the University of Minnesota, in the Twin Cities, studied animal science. You're uh, a gopher. I am a gopher. <laughs> Absolutely. We rode the boat up there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I did get to kind of get into the communications world a little bit uh, as a dairy princess, actually.
0: Oh, nice. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I don't Minnesota, think I knew that. Well, there we go. You're learning something, too. So in Minnesota, our dairy princesses act as industry ambassadors um, on a county level, and they compete on a state level, too, to be named Princess K of the Milky Way. Um, so more than a handful of years ago, I was a finalist for the state title and got a 90-pound block of butter sculpted into my likeness.
0: <laughs> Please tell me you have pictures of that.
1: I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, we ate the butterhead. It's gone. Uh, we had a sweet corn <laughs> feed. And I gave a bunch of it away to the neighbors, but uh, I i am a butterhead as they call them in Minnesota. I realized now after leaving the state that that's a little weird, <laughs> um, but it's one of the biggest honors you can have as, as a young girl growing up in Minnesota in the dairy industry. So it's pretty, it's a, a place of, of pride for me, if you will.
0: That's cool. Uh, so all of that, and then now you work for Dairy Expo, like, you know, Was it just that kind of upbringing in the industry that you wanted to work closer to? But like, you know, what led you to want to work, work for the show?
1: So I knew I wanted to work in agriculture, wanted to hopefully stay in the dairy industry. But I really wanted to be somewhere where I could help connect people. Um, And Expo happened to be hiring as I was graduating college. And a close family friend was like, hey, take this chance, like apply for it. You'd be great. Um, I didn't believe them, uh, but I I, t- I took a leap of faith and, and here we are four years later and I'm still with, with the organization.
0: Very cool. And I would say that there are very few opportunities that you could have pursued that would have, you know, if you're wanting to connect people in agriculture that you could have, you know, found that in.
1: Right. And I, I, don't think I realized it when I was looking at the position starting out that this was actually going to turn into what I do today and and all the connections that I've been able to help facilitate um, with a a global audience.
0: So that was actually a really great transition. You're really good at this. You should go into media. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so my next question was, uh, you know, in your role in media at Dairy Expo, uh, what do you see, you know, talk about digital media, specifically digital. How can digital media help play a role in the dairy industry, ag at large, but just in increasing transparency uh, between maybe industry and and maybe consumer.
1: I think digital media and, and social media in particular can be one of our strongest allies and worst enemies all at the same time. Uh, it, it's such a great for everyone, tool. right? For everyone, like whether you're you're looking at a personal page or a personal presence. Um, or a brand page. like It's so easy to to look at it for the great things that it can do. It can connect us and it can help us have conversations and it allows us to be transparent. But at the same time, it also puts this filter on the world. Um, It's so easy to share the good stuff. And we hear this all the time um, in marketing circles that, or even in farmer mental health circles, that Social media is really good about talking about the good stuff. It's really hard to share the hard stuff and the, the not so great things. And so I think if we talk about transparency, it's, it's important to realize that when you're looking at it, you're probably just seeing the good stuff, even if they are being transparent in their messaging. Um, but it should also challenge, I think, us as individuals to be transparent with our audiences truly and to talk about stuff that might make us uncomfortable or, or might not be all sunshine and roses. Um, and I think it's also, it's maybe important that when you're transparent, you know who your audience is. And, and this is something that I struggle with, um, with my personal presence on social media, but also with Expo's um, presence on social media. Uh, it's it's easy to be or when you want, when you're transparent, you want to be transparent to the right degree or with the right audience. So if you're talking to farmers, talking about, you know, the bad days on the farm, your your mental health, the, the weather that's not cooperating like those are important in being transparent. But when we talk with consumers or the general public, uh, it's it, maybe those conversations shift and we look at when we say we're transparent, we're talking about. Practices we're using on the farm, how we're caring for animals, how we're raising our crops. And and we we change the conversation sometimes without even realizing it. And we're still being transparent, just maybe not fully or the whole picture. Um and one of the things that I, I find interesting about social media is the algorithms that digital media uses helps you connect with people that are like you and helps. Yeah conversations with people that agree with you. It's kind
0: of um, a kind of a vacuum, right? Like you just kind of all exist in one little circle.
1: Right, right. Like I think they call them silos sometimes even. Like it's it's easy to find people who think like you, who agree with you. And when you have transparent conversations with people who agree with you, you're never going to get backlash. Like right. it's always going to be, "Oh yeah, absolutely. I support what you're doing. I understand." And it's it's great for your self-confidence, um, but it doesn't maybe serve the purpose of, of what media could do. So sometimes a challenge um, for marketers is to find conversations that we wouldn't normally be a part of and to figure out how we fit in that conversation. Um, and, and marketers or even people in agriculture, um, I now live in an urban setting. I, I don't interact with farmers every day, unfortunately. I yeah. interact with people who grew up in cities Uh, so I try my best to be involved in the community on a personal level that lets me talk about issues that are important to them, but also lets me somehow, some way, uh, occasionally talk about farming and about the things that my parents are doing, about the things that neighbors are doing, um, and still being able to connect people to agriculture without them realizing it sometimes.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. Um. Let's let's okay. So we had a really good transition into the last one. Not so good transition this time. But let's uh. <laughs> let's do a hard shift here. Okay. And let's talk about the show. Absolutely. Um, just from our personal experience at Master's Choice, I've been going as a as an exhibitor, commercial exhibitor. Uh, oh gosh, for probably at least ten years. Uh, and 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 within the last, how gosh, how many years have we made vlogs together? The about three three years.
1: I think three years now. Yeah.
0: Three years we've been making vlogs at the show and, and that's just really showed me a whole nother side of the show. Uh, I've been to a lot of trade shows and for me, World Dairy Expo has always been kind of special. It, it has a different vibe. It has this history. It's, it's without sounding silly, it's it's almost got like a little bit of a magical presence, especially when you see what it means to all the kids that exhibit animals like and the family and the generational aspect of it, like it's it's a very special show.
1: Yeah, it's it's a special place for for so so many people, um, and and a lot of that has to do with the history of the show. Uh, it was started in 1967 by four dairymen. Like these are people that are just like us that started Expo. Um, and actually, a lot of people don't know this. When Expo was started in 1967, it was actually called the World Food Exposition. Ooh. Didn't yeah. And it, and it lasted for 10 days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I know how I know how tired you are individually on Saturday of World Dairy Expo. Can you imagine going 10 days?
1: I don't think I could do it. And, <laughs> and I don't think our exhibitors could do it. And that's actually why it shifted. Yeah. So they, they did that for two years. at this 10 day event. I'm just and thinking I- from
0: the commercial exhibitor side, 10 days oh standing God. on concrete, your ankles would break.
1: You would be in pain. You'd be in yeah. a lot of pain. So they, they were like, okay, let's look at this again. We had a little bit of an identity crisis like most new organizations did in the early years. But sure. uh, they shifted to a five-day show uh, in 1969. So after two years, um, they rebranded to World Dairy Expo. They really found who they were or who they wanted to be. And I think why people are so connected to our show still today, um, 53 years later, is because it's families that started this show and it's dairy producers who started this show. And to this day, it's still dairy producers who are making decisions related to Expo. It's still families who are coming out and continuing family traditions, whether they're exhibiting or just attending. And it, it like you said, it's a special place. There's, there's a sense of camaraderie and, and networking and reunions that, I don't know that you can find anywhere else. I think Expo is very unique in that. Um, But it's also uh, a place, and and maybe people don't know this, but we'll rattle off some Expo stats for everyone. Uh, Yeah, so in 2019, Expo welcomed 62,000 individuals, um, dairy enthusiasts, dairy producers from around the globe. So they represented 94 countries. Um, Our trade show, which Masters Choice is a part of, uh, is an eight hundred and fifty to nine hundred company trade show. It's wow. the largest dairy focused trade show in the world, uh, and that sits right next to our dairy cattle show, which is maybe what we're most known for. Um, which you know showcases twenty three hundred of North America's finest dairy that cattle. Many. That many, like it wow. is huge. Are there's sixteen hundred exhibitors, and they're from thirty some odd states in Canada and. It is a massive show, but so we've got these pillars of the dairy cow show and a trade show, but it's the, the stuff in between that really make Expo so special in terms of education with the virtual farm tours, Expo seminars, knowledge nook sessions, the youth contests we host national, international youth contests for dairy judging, fitting, showmanship, that type of thing. Uh, and then there's also this non-structured networking that happens at Expo, which is just an organic thing that you're bound to run into when you when you gather the global dairy community
0: I'll see okay. people throughout the year and we'll be talking or I'll be talking to some people on conference calls and I'm like all right well I'll, I'll see you in a few weeks at Dairy Expo or like we'll catch up at Dairy Expo
1: right isn't that a great feeling it's, like it's awesome to know that if, if somebody's in the dairy industry you can say hey I know I'm going to see you the first week of October every year at World Dairy Expo
0: Yeah, you've got certain people that you know you're going to have dinner with you know like there's just like a it's kind of It's reassuring. It's like okay, it's like starting this kind of new dairy year. Uh, So as a like I said, I think I was probably a commercial exhibitor for six or seven years uh, before we started making vlogs. And when you're a commercial exhibitor, you really only see, you know, and I think in our case, it's a a, was our booth a twenty by twenty. Like you see like a little little section of, you know, you see this like 10 by 10 or this 20 by 20 view of World Dairy Expo. And when we started making vlogs and you were like, hey, let's tell this story. I'm like, wait, there are youth judging competitions. There's a forage judging competition. There's a, like, there's so much more than you can see. I, I, I don't think there's any one person that can see all the sides of Dairy Expo in one go. Uh, But it really wasn't until we started getting involved with the vlogs that I really got to see kind of the special aspect of. I mean, there are several generational exhibitors that have, you know, maybe grandpa exhibited and then dad exhibited and now the kid exhibit. Like the stories and just the the way that the special place that the show holds for them uh, until you've seen that side of it, you just don't quite get it.
1: Absolutely, and and sometimes it's Grandpa helped found the show. Like we still yeah. have people that are related to our founders exhibiting at Expo, and I think that is so so cool. But what is okay? I'm going to flip the script on you. Flip what it. Is, what's the best story you think you've told so far in the vlogs, or that you've learned about Expo while doing them? Uh,
0: so, a couple things come to mind. Uh, I'm I'm borderline obsessed with this idea that the same cow has won uh the supreme champion two years in a row and so being a commercial exhibitor like i said i i never got to go to the closing you know the the supreme champion ceremony that kind of closes the show yeah and i did not have any feel for how just how big of a deal that is until the first time we went and recorded it and like, we're, you know, like I'm running camera and I'm getting goosebumps because there's like an anticipation and it's, there's so many people and they're just so living in the moment. And then this, the, the emotional reaction when that Supreme champion is named. And, and so it's what it's Delilah's two years in a row, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Brown yep. Swiss,
0: which, and that's, that's probably my other sec, my second favorite aspect would be, uh, the video that we made last year on the Brown Swiss, uh, competition mm-hmm. was just one, it got a great public. Uh, reception but like just learning more about the history of that show and that breed Uh, these are cool stories
1: and the brown swiss are special because at expo we have yodelers come in and that's that's some of the folks you guys talk to right so it's it's you know folks from new glaris uh it close to madison they come in and they yodel the cows in and the cows wear swiss bells and everybody's in traditional garb and, and like you said, it's, it's...
0: And what more beautiful breed of cow to have such pageantry than the Brown Swiss.
1: It's fantastic. I, I love that moment. I had never seen the Brown Swiss Parade of Champions until uh, last year in person. I had always watched it online through SOT TV. Here. And, and I think it's it's something to experience. And like you said, the Supreme Champion is with the spotlights and the music oh, and the MC. So oh, it's You can just so really feel time. like,
0: you know, like if you're a football fan the Super Bowl is the is the pinnacle of your fandom. If you're a baseball fan like I am, the World Series is the thing. Like for these dairy families, the Supreme Champions ceremony at World Dairy Expo is their Super Bowl. It is their World Series. Yeah. This is it. There's just like a palpable energy. Like as as they're getting marched in Everybody, it's like the room's kind of buzzing and like they're trying to be quiet and respectful, but they're like, oh, who's this going to be? And like, and then when it gets named, like there's just this emotional reaction from, you know, from the exhibitor on the colored shavings and then in the crowd. Like I'll, I'll never forget, uh, it was the first year that Delilah won. So two years ago, we were making the video and I just happened to have a friend named Katie on the inside that said, hey, this cow's going to win. And just so you know, the, his parents and the family that owns the cow are sitting right there in this box. And so I was fortunate enough to be the guy that had my camera trained on the family and their reaction when when that cow got named, they were, they were crying, they were hugging, they were going nuts. It was just, it was so emotional and so real. And I just think that that's a cool aspect of Dairy Expo that can't be replicated in any other trade show. It's not just a trade show. It's not just a cattle exhibit. It's like this family... I don't know. There's like a family emotional connection to it.
1: Definitely. Yeah. I, Expo is, is so much more than just one piece of it. Like it, it is every single piece that makes up Expo is what Expo is like. It's not the same without one or the other. Yeah. I still remember my first year on staff. I I help write the bios that are read about the cows as they walk into Supreme Champion, like during the Pride of Champions. And I was in the media room and getting ready to put out press releases for who the winners were. I was still waiting on results and I had the expo TV on and I'm listening and I'm watching it. And I just like, remember being a little overcome with emotion Mm -hmm. knowing that like, not only was I watching this pageantry unfold as a staff member for the first time ever, it was our 50th anniversary. I was hearing my words, walk these cows in. And it was the most incredible experience. Like it was, it was magical to know that I had a part in that.
0: Well, it is, it is magical is a good word for it. And and until you've been there and experienced it, you don't quite get it. And at master's choice, we are very thankful and feel very fortunate that we play even a little bit of a role in helping people see see some of those sides of it. So for any a little plug here for anybody who hasn't seen the world dairy expo vlogs, uh, they're on your YouTube, they're on your Facebook, find the official world dairy expo channels and, and check them out because, uh, you'll really start to get more of a feel for what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah. And they're honestly, I will slightly brag you guys up, but like, they are great videos. They are so Thank good. You. And I, I like show them to my family. That's not involved in the dairy industry. And I'm like, guys, this is what I do. Like they'll so never cool. come to Expo cause they live too far away or they're not involved in dairy. And, and I'm just like, guys, this is, this is it. Like it's cool. this is the best way to tell our story. So yes, check them out. Um, Facebook is world dairy expo. Uh, YouTube is at WD expo. So W D E X P O.
0: So we've talked about how amazing the show is and we've really hyped everybody up. <laughs> and so then the other shoe falls. Right. And so, uh, this is obviously not a normal year, and everybody knows why. Uh, walk us through, maybe, uh, what did it look like deciding to cancel the 2020 World Dairy Expo?
1: Yeah, this is definitely a, a tumble from the, the <laughs> excitement and love we just had. We were
0: riding high. Oh man! I and now so we're back so to reality. reality.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just like everybody else in the world, uh, when when the pandemic started. Um, Back in March, we were keeping an eye on things. Uh, Wisconsin went into safer at home um, orders at that point in time. Uh, So late March, we put out a statement, you know, saying like, like everybody else in the event industry saying we're watching the situation, we're keeping an eye on it. We're still planning a show. Um, Our staff was all working from home, still working every day, knowing that, you know, it Hoping that Expo was going to happen and knowing that when we said, yeah, it's happening, we needed to be ready and, and have pieces in place. So um, we watched it for another month. April rolls around and um, and in April, we said, you know, we need to make a decision on July 1st about whether we're going to have Expo or not. Yeah, um, I did
0: appreciate that you guys didn't rush to any decisions. You just used you. You gave it some time to see where this was going to go and you set a date
1: yeah. and I think that's that's a universal feeling. Um I don't I'm not aware of many events um, that have said, You know, we're going to make a decision on this day. And I yeah. think that that's one of the best things that we've done um throughout this entire process was having conversations in March, knowing, Um, when our commercial exhibitors were making marketing purchases, um, for ads or for supplies for their booths, when expo needed to be making big purchases, um, when our dairy cattle show exhibitors were really going to start, you know, ramping up their show cattle programs um, and trying to be aware of all of those pieces and being aware that the dairy industry financially and is not in a great place right now, um, so, trying to respect those, which is why we ended up on July one. Um, we hoped that you know we could give a date and say you know we'll know this day for sure. Um, obviously, we announced before July first, yeah. uh, and and that came to be because Wisconsin. Um, Lifted our safer at home orders. It was a big controversy if you followed the seeing may never the news, yeah, yes. so um when the state lifted its orders, um the counties had the option then to Im- implement local orders. Um, so Dane County, which is where Madison is at, did that. Uh, and when they did their extended their safer at home orders still, they also introduced a reopening plan. Um, that included three phases. It's called Forward Dane, um, and that document came out um, about May twenty second, and the picture that it painted was not um, promising for Expo. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their maximum outdoor mass gatherings were going to be capped at two hundred and fifty people in phase three. Uh, so that was if we made it to phase three by October we were going to be capped at 250 people.
0: Yeah. Dairy Expo wouldn't be quite the same with 250 people. I don't think.
1: <laughs> Not even close yeah. at all. And, and their rules are like, you could come one day, but you can't come multiple days. So you would have 250 different people each day at Expo. And you can't even have one aspect of our show with right. only 250 people. Um, so that order came out um, and then an emergency order was announced, actually putting that plan into play. Um, and following that emergency order, our executive committee or the officers and um, our general manager met with public health officials and facility management. So the Alliant Energy Center, where Expo's hosted, uh, is a county-owned facility, so we have to follow their rules. Um, so we wanted to, to meet with their leadership team, our leadership team, public health, the whole group that needs to be making this decision, um, and, and we're, you know, it basically told or informed that the the public health orders that are in place uh, would not allow us to have Expo the way we know it today um, in October. So uh, our executive committee met uh, the following week and and officially made the call that that was uh, Expo would be canceled this year. And then our staff went to work uh, announcing it. So um, you know it's not the outcome any of us had hoped for. Uh, sure. We were at least I was naively optimistic probably at the beginning of all this, hoping that, you know, we would ride the wave, we'd get through it, and Expo could happen. Um, And and unfortunately, that just wasn't the outcome that we saw.
0: So I would assume just uh, in my mind, I would say that there's a lot of overlap between World Dairy Expo and the Master's Choice audiences. Uh, I would say a lot of of our podcast uh, audience uh, has probably been to your show. Uh, What would you I would just give you an opportunity, if you don't mind, to kind of address the the podcast listener who was maybe planning to go to the show or has been before. Like what what would be your message to to the public here?
1: Well, I mean, you've heard the the earlier sentiment that you and I shared. Um, We love Expo. We we know Expo is a special place. And to to see it canceled for the first time in history is is heartbreaking for everybody involved, whether it's exhibitors or even our staff. Um, it's, it's emotional. Um, it's tough, but we, we know that it was the right decision. It was really the only decision we could make. Um, and, and we know that the dairy community is a resilient community. And even if we're not gathering in person in October this year, We'll all be back in twenty twenty one and and creating this atmosphere that is special and then some because we we haven't been together for a year, um, so I think the the show in twenty twenty one is going to be something for the something for the record books
0: really. So that was my last my last question and then and then you're off the hot seat is I, I want to give you the chance to make your first public plug or your first public declaration. Why is why is the twenty twenty one World Dairy Expo going to be the best ever? Because I know that it is.
1: I I agree. I, I don't know how it can't be. Uh, I,
0: (laughs) if nothing else, the anticipation,
1: right. I mean, at this point we're, we're waiting an extra year until we all get to get together. But, um, you know, we've talked about it. It's expo is a family tradition and it is a reunion and people feel revitalized rejuvenated after they've been at expo and they fall in love with the dairy industry again. And knowing that we won't have that this year just makes next year so much, so much specialer, um, or more special. and, our staff is going to take, you know, our, our time this summer now to really look at the show um, strategically and, and figure out what we can be doing to make sure that 2021 is the best show ever. And, and moving forward, that we're, we're always creating a, a product, if you will, that um, meets the global dairy community's needs um, and their desires and that we can continue to be the place where the global dairy industry meets.
0: Couldn't have said it better. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. This was a lot of fun, just getting one to catch up and talk Dairy Expo. But uh, I think that, you know, getting out ahead of this, getting the, you know, let's let's shift our focus. You know, everybody's sad that 20, 2020 show is not going to happen, but there's just going to like, let's collectively shift our focus to 2021 and, and more than just Dairy Expo. I mean, you know, no one's going to forget 2020, uh, but let's. Let's look to the future. And I'm excited to be a part of the 2021 show. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Like people talk about the war years and this will always be remembered as the pandemic year. Yeah. And and even though, you know, we're not getting together in person in October, um, Expo will always be here for people um, through social media and digital media um, and and through fun things like this. Like this is awesome to sit down with you for a podcast episode and talk about Expo and catch up with you. Um, you know, I love working with your team and and you guys, so I'm bummed we won't be making vlogs this year, um, and pumping out a video every day in case people didn't know that they, these guys make a video, film it in a day, edit it overnight. And at nine o'clock every morning, I have a video on my desk at expo that I get to share with the world. So
0: some long days (laughs) and some short sleeps, but it's, it's, it's one of the most fun weeks we have in our whole year and we look forward to it. And like I said, we're, we're bummed about 2020, but we're, you know incredibly excited about 2021.
1: Yeah, right back at you. Like it's, it's I'm ready. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. here
0: already. Uh well Katie, <laughs> thanks for doing this. Uh anybody that's that's interested in learning more about World Dairy Expo, uh the website is
1: worlddairyexpo.com. So nice Easy to enough
0: see. to remember perfect mm-hmm. check them out on social they've got a big facebook presence uh and i'm sure that there will be lots of updates as the year and, and the next year and a half go on i guess for uh for the show found on their facebook page so check them out and otherwise this has been uh, katie schmidt in a wonderful episode and we'll see you guys next time
1: thanks for having me